invite you to turn to another insert in your bulletin, and that's the uh, prayer ministry sheet. And I do want to highlight a few of these folks. Uh, some we've mentioned before. Uh, there's a few uh, cases, situations in which are new. Um, we start with Dave. Please keep Dave in prayer, as I know many of you have uh, been praying. Um, Hope Hamill, uh, you see there, has a case of shingles. Is that okay, Denny, to announce that? I know you're going to get in trouble, you said, but. <laughs> oh, I can just say forget that. Just strike that from her, the record. It doesn't work that way. How's she doing? Yeah. Did you hear that? Get a shingle shot. There's a doctor speaking. Um, so, yeah, uh, please play Fray for Hope. And uh, Jean Miller, uh, Jean is in the osteopathic hospital, uh, went in this past week. Uh, it's thought that he might get home tomorrow. Uh, he has once again uh, sepsis, which is this blood infection uh, because of his low immune system. Um, so they got that under control pretty well, I believe, and uh, just pray that he's able to uh, get home uh, tomorrow. Uh, Linda Williams, uh, I talked to Craig just moments ago. Um, she did have an aorta valve replacement, but she's waiting now for a kidney transplant. So uh, make that change. We'll make sure we uh, change this. And uh, Linda, it's good to have uh, you with us this morning. And then also we've uh, had Audrey, uh, her name here, Mark English's sister, uh, for quite some time, but you see an update here. Uh, her cancer is growing and uh, progressing very quickly. Uh, so do pray for comfort, uh, pray for peace, 
that passes all understanding. And then if you jump over uh, to the middle of the other column, uh, Jerry Miller's brother, Joe, uh, he had some surgery this week, uh, partial uh, part of his lung removed to remove the cancer. Uh, so please pray for Joe Miller as well uh, when you uh, bring these matters before the Lord. Father, as we come before you, we are thankful that we're able to do so. Uh, Lord, I know we often repeat ourselves and that we're grateful to be able to come before the throne of grace, but Father, we are thankful that we can come before you as the great and almighty God, the God who has promised to listen and uh, answer our prayers. We, we are thankful that, Father, you have given us this great blessing uh, to be able to come before you through our mediator, Christ Jesus. Father, we think of Dave. We pray that, Lord, you in time would uh, bring great uh, healing, uh, to his body for hope as well, Lord. We uh, pray that you would remove the pain and help her to move away from these shingles. And Gene, Father, we ask that he might be able to get home uh, tomorrow, that they've gotten sepsis under control. Father, we know he has other issues that he struggles with. And so once again, Lord, we, we commit him to you and all that he is going through. We think of Linda as well this morning, Lord, when we do ask that very quickly as she's waiting now for a kidney uh, that that might be uh, presented to her and uh, so we ask Lord that you might give her patience Lord as she waits uh, we pray also for Audrey this morning Lord and uh, we know she's tired uh, we know Lord she's at the place of, 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 of stop fighting now Father she's fought a, a long battle but Father we know she knows you and Father, she's ready to go home. So we pray, Father, that you might be merciful. We think of Joe Miller as well, Lord. We know that he's struggling now with cancer as well. And uh, we thank you that the surgery went well, but still has a few issues, Lord, that he's working through. Uh, we commit him to you. And ask, Lord, that you might draw him to yourself uh, through this very serious situation. And Father, for many others that we have on our list, uh, Lord, too many to be able to mention each by name, but Father, they're, they're here in front of us, and Father, we've been praying. Father, we have uh, prayed for each one many times, and we just commit all of these things to you. Father, we are thankful today for this special day, a day of recognition of the graduates, of new members. Uh, Father, we thank you that uh, you're at work among our church. You're working in a great and mighty way, and Father, we thank you for that. We pray that you would continue to work through this service. Father, we look forward to uh, more music. We look forward, Lord, to the fellowship that you've given us with one another. Father, we thank you for your word once again, and pray that your word, as uh, the writer of the Hebrews says, might be sharp and powerful. Father, might penetrate uh, to our, uh, very in, into our inner beings. Lord, change us with your word. Change us with your word. Father, we want to be different when we leave here today as a result of coming in contact with the living and written word of God. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and 
for what he means to each of us. Lord, it's through him that we've been given life, not just a life that goes on and on, but life, but Father, an abundant life right here in this life. And so we're thankful, Lord, for that wonderful life that you've given to us. Lord, a life that we can live in peace and harmony and joy, all because of you, Lord, all because you have loved us with an infinite love. So guide us now, I pray, through the remainder of this service, and we do ask that you might be honored and glorified in everything that is done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you stand with us as we continue to the sing of the God of angels' armies. Sometimes technical difficulties happen, amen? But that doesn't change that our God is still God of every computer in this room, <laughs> of every situation that happens. Let's start it again. Our God of angels' armies. I'm not looking at you, Scott. I'm looking behind you there. <laughs> In case you think I'm staring into your soul, I'm, I'm not. I'm looking for the... <laughs> Do we have any of the other songs on the screen? It's the software. There we go. Perfect. Maybe it's not perfect. <laughs> it's semi-perfect. Close to perfect. What'd you say? No words. Let's let's actually move into our greeting time. This morning, why don't you turn around and shake someone's hand and we'll see if we can get it working by the time you're done shaking someone's hand.
All right, if you would continue standing. Looks like these uh, computers are working now. Let's sing to the God of Angels' Arms. You hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield, though troubles linger still. Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever. He is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. My strength is in your name. For you alone can save. You will deliver me. Yours is the victory. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who
the sun comes up. The sun comes up. It's a new day's on. It's time to sing our song again. Whatever may cost and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. was grace that time. This 
was grace that saw my heart to fear and grace my fears to believe. How precious did that grace appear the hour I distractions this morning, and that you speak truth into our hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
feel like I just want to share something this morning. Um, I feel like the last couple weeks, the Lord has really been laying on my heart. Um, it's hard to go through life and see so many bad things in our world and think, where is God? And also, it challenges me to think where my faith is in him and what am I doing for his cause. Um, and I know how difficult it is to minister to people around you at work, um, your own friends. Um, I know I've lost a lot of relationships um, growing up because I've shared Christ with my friends and maybe they didn't quite feel the same. Um, and I thought, well, I can't change them. Only God can change them. And it's not, I don't want to be around their kind of lifestyle, but I shared um, the gospel with them. So I know that's hard. And <clears throat> I've really been thinking about my faith in Christ and um, just getting through some things. And I just would hope that, I just want to share that because I hope that you still have hope in this gospel that Pastor Bob preaches every morning and what we're doing here. And I would really hope that you don't just come to church and it's just a Sunday type thing because it's really a lifestyle type thing. And I know how hard it is to go out and live it, but um, just some of the songs that we sang this morning, he is going to deliver you and he will be there for you when you step out and you take that chance. And I know how hard that is to actually do it. And it's a lot easier for somebody to tell you to do it or, but I just hope that you would hear this this morning and maybe branch out and just do one thing and this week or next week and just think about do you, how much faith do you really have in this God that you come and worship every morning and you read about in your Bible? He's so living. He has so much life left to live with through us. And um, that's really all I had to say. I don't have a big finish, but... Give me 
I've been hiding Afraid I've let you down Inside I doubt that you could love me John, when I started this series in Ruth, I, I said that it is a love story, and um, we haven't really uh, saw that love between uh, Boaz and Ruth uh, yet, but when we come to chapter 3, uh, we begin to see uh, why this is a love story, and it is that. The book of Ruth is a love story. Naomi, uh, her perspective changed. Uh, she changed from a woman who was quite bitter and angry toward God uh, to one who began to sense hope. She began to see how God was beginning to work in the situation. We often find ourselves in Ruth chapter 1, 
where we just see the difficulty, uh, we just see the tragedy, uh, we just see the trials and the tribulation. But when we come to chapter 2, things changed. Uh, Naomi began to see how God was beginning to work out his plans and his purposes. She changed from a woman of great despair to one of great hope. When we come to chapter 3, what we find Naomi doing is taking her eyes off of herself and she now looks to Ruth and wants her to find a home. She's no longer looking and pitying herself, but she's looking to Ruth and wants to find her a good husband. So follow along, if you would please, as we look at Ruth chapter 3. Ruth chapter 3. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find you a home where you will be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, get dressed in your best clothes. <coughs> then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he's lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another man who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, redeemer good. Let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, no one must know what, that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, bring me the shawl you're wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, 
How did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, he gave me these six measures of barley, saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. We come now to the chapter that begins the love story. And I want this morning to look at each of these three characters. First, Naomi. Then we want to look at Ruth. And then Boaz. First of all, what is Naomi's role in this love between Boaz and Ruth? Well, according to verses 1 through 4, we discover that Naomi is going to become the matchmaker. Naomi now, it says according to verse 1, she wants to find a home for Ruth. Remember, Naomi is no longer angry with God. Naomi is no longer bitter. She is no longer thinking about herself. She has witnessed God's providence in providing and protecting for her and Ruth. And now she wants to find Ruth a home. Literally, it means a place of security and rest. A place of security and rest that is provided by a husband and marriage. What Naomi is doing in this opening, in these opening verses, is she is becoming a matchmaker. She wants for Ruth and Boaz to be married. Remember Boaz back in chapter 2, he, he started to show with some interest. When Ruth went to glean in the field, and Boaz began to show interest in Ruth. He was very kind to her. He said to his men, he said, we will not touch her. We're going to protect her. Not only that, but we're going to provide for her. He went above and beyond the law to just accidentally leave some of the grain on the ground that Ruth might come along behind the harvesters and, and, and collect it. He said, leave some on purpose. And so he already showed an interest in Ruth. He invited Ruth to his home. Ruth sat down and had a meal. We might call it a first date. But it stopped there. Although Boaz initiated, he didn't go any further. And Naomi is saying to herself at this point, let's find out if Boaz is interested or not. And Ruth, here is what I want you to do. I want you to pursue this relationship. I want you to find out for sure if Boaz would like to take this to the next level. Maybe Boaz is interested in marrying you. Maybe he's not, but let's figure this thing out. And by the way, Naomi says to Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. He is a very close relative of ours. The NIV version here says guardian redeemer. Let me say something about that before we go any further. There was a responsibility, an obligation that a kinsman redeemer had toward the extended family. 
there were some members of families in these days that had needs. And it was the responsibility, the obligation of this kinsman redeemer to meet those needs. Two specific needs. He was responsible to redeem people. And he was also responsible to redeem property. Now, next week in chapter 4, we'll look at the redemption of the property. Today, we're looking at the redemption of people, namely Ruth. Naomi is saying that because Boaz is our kinsman redeemer, and you are a widow in need, he has a responsibility to take care of you and even marry you. So, Ruth, here are my instructions. And by the way, I know these instructions sound way out in left field. I mean, you know, we often hear things or see things on TV and they'll say something like, don't do these at home. <laughs> Ladies, I don't suggest <laughs> when you go to propose marriage to your, who you think might be your future husband and you decide to take the initiative to make that proposal, I don't suggest you follow the instructions of Ruth chapter 3. But having said that, we need to understand that the integrity of Ruth and Naomi is never in doubt. There is nothing immoral that's taking place in this chapter. Please understand that because it does seem a bit strange the instructions of Naomi to Ruth, how she is to go about bringing about this marriage proposal. The threshing floor is an interesting place. It was a very flat surface. Um, it usually was up on a hill, and um, that's where at the end of the barley season, which lasted six to seven weeks, and by the way, it appears as though the barley uh, season is over now in chapter 3. Uh, so for six or seven weeks, Ruth has been gleaning out in the fields. Um, then afterwards, they take all of the, the, the bagged uh, harvest up to this threshing floor and a, uh, a sled of oxen. They come across it and crush it and they take what looks like uh, pitchfork-like tools and they throw it up into the air. The chaff is blown away because it's on a hillside and the wind is blowing and all the grain falls to the ground. And it's just a, an interesting place. I remember over in Israel, I was able to see a, a threshing floor. Um, but all of this is taking place now on the threshing floor. And Naomi advises Ruth to go to the threshing floor. Go to the threshing floor and get all dressed up smell good, put on your best perfume, and go to the threshing floor, and when you get there, wait until Boaz is asleep, uncover his feet, and then lie at his feet and wait for him to make a move. This was a proposal. This was Ruth saying Boaz Will you marry me? Now, this is instructions from Naomi. This is Naomi telling Ruth what to do. Now, notice Ruth's actions. In verses 5 through 9, it says that she does everything that her mother-in-law told her to do. Remember, she was committed to Naomi. 
Back in chapter 1, it says that uh, she left Moab to go with Naomi back to Bethlehem. She was committed to Naomi, her people, and her God. And so when Naomi spoke, she listened very carefully. And she did exactly what Naomi asked her to do. So she goes to Boaz. She uncovers his feet. She lays at his feet for a while and waits for a response. Many commentators think that his feet got cold that night. Um, sometimes your feet get cold at night and you put a cover over them. Well, she uncovered his feet and they got cold and he was startled and he wakes up only to find this young lady at his feet. Look at verse 9. He says, who are you? <laughs> who are you? He asked, I am your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. She is asking him now to take the corner of that garment and put it over her. It's like placing a ring on your finger. Will you marry me? It's a proposal of marriage. And she takes, you'll notice, the place of a lowly servant. Um, she says, I am your servant, but she reminds Boaz that he's a kinsman redeemer, that he does have an obligation. This is a bold move on the part of Ruth, a bold move. Here's a young gal, remember she's just a young lady, and she's uh, going to an older man, uh, it's probably true, as I read in one commentary, that Boaz is more the age of Naomi than he is the age of Ruth. So she, as a young girl, goes to this older man. Remember, she's also a Moabite widow going to a Hebrew rich man. Bold move on Ruth's part. The question then is, how is Boaz going to respond? What is Boaz's reaction to all of this? Wakes up in the middle of the night and here is Ruth lying at his feet. Again, don't read immorality into this. This is all part of what took place during this day. Sounds strange, don't do this at home, but you're going to find it worked here. So what is Boaz's response? Well, you come down to verse 10 through 15 and he's humbled He's shocked, but he's quite delighted. He's humbled in the sense that he says, you have shown more kindness now than you did before. And he thinks back of the great kindness that Ruth showed to her, her mother-in-law. But now you're showing me that same kindness. He's greatly humbled by all of this, but he's shocked. He's thinking to himself, here's a young, beautiful lady who could have run after younger men, probably much better looking than I am, and yet she's coming to me for marriage. But he's delighted because we read in these verses that he promises to do everything she has just asked him to do, which was marry me. He's promising her that he will marry her. But, 
<laughs> Don't you always love those buts or howevers in a love story? He says, Ruth, I would be happy to be your husband. But there's another relative who's actually closer to you than I am. Oh, man. Poor Ruth. Everything was going well. She had him right where she wanted him. And now he throws this bombshell. Ruth, I would love to be your husband. But I can't. Because this other guy, he has to make his move first. Now, if he marries you, so be it. But if he doesn't, then I will marry you. I mean, you're going to get a husband out of this one way or another. <laughs> now, I hope it's me, but I don't know what this other guy's going to say yet. And he gets first dibs. But stay here through the night, and you leave in the morning, and Ruth stays and returns back to Naomi, and as you can imagine, Naomi is wanting to know everything that has just taken place. How'd it go, Ruth? And Ruth shares what has taken place, tells her that Boaz was willing and ready, but there's someone else. There's another man who's closer to, Bo or another uh, man that's closer to me than Boaz is. But Boaz said that he's going to go and settle the matter in the morning. Now what is Naomi's advice to Ruth? Does she say, Ruth, no, we can't wait. You've got to go. You've got to go back. You've got you to close this deal. Notice what Naomi says to Ruth in verse 18. Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest. The matter is settled today. Are you kidding me? How in the world is Ruth going to wait? How is she? And by the way, the word wait could be translated sit still. Naomi says, Ruth, just sit still. And just wait. How do you wait in a situation like that? I mean, if you were this young lady Ruth, and you just proposed, and this guy said, well, I would like to, but there, how do you sit and just wait? How do you sit still? I could only imagine Ruth peeking out the window about every five minutes, waiting for that messenger to come or waiting for Boaz to show up and say one way or another what's going to take place. And every time she hears that cart, you know, go out front of her door, she's looking out the door. How do you sit still and wait in a situation like this one? But Naomi's command to Ruth is quite filled with wisdom. Because you see, Ruth has done everything that she can do. And now she has to wait on her Redeemer. How often do we find ourselves in situations like that? Where we do everything we know to do. 
And then we have to wait for God to work. We have to sit still. And you know what's interesting to me? She said, wait, my daughter. But then she goes on to describe Boaz. Wait, because he will not rest until the matter is settled. Ruth, you can wait, because Boaz won't. Ruth, you can rest, because Boaz isn't about to. Ruth, you can sit still because Boaz is doing anything but sitting still. Ruth, you've done everything you know to do. Now, you must leave the results in the hand of Boaz, your redeemer. The verb that's used here, sit still or wait, is, is used of a farmer. A farmer who awaits the growth of his crops. A farmer who has done all that he can do and now he has to rest in the hands of God. How often do we find ourselves in those situations? See, the challenge for us today is, is to sit still and wait. Once we've done all that we can do and there's no more we can do, it's out of our control. It's then that we too wait for the hand of God. Wait for our Redeemer to work. And as someone said, this staying calm in a situation such as this one, it all boils down to trust. It boils down to trust. Surrendering to whatever the hand of God will soon deliver. What is God going to deliver? What is Boaz? What is the news he's going to come back with? To leave it in the hands of God when there's no more we can do. Ruth, wait. Stay calm. Sit still. Because your Redeemer is at work. I heard a story about a little boy. and He's just a tiny little guy, maybe six, seven years old. And, um, he would oftentimes uh, ride home with his father. And it would be in late in the evening. It would be after dark. And and this little boy would sit in the back seat and he would roll up in a little ball, just curl up and rest and fall asleep. And as he tells the story, he said, I always could find rest in that back seat. I always was able to just relax because I trusted my dad who was driving. But he said, sometimes grandma would come along. <laughs> and grandma would sit right up front right in the passenger seat and she always sat right on the edge of her seat and she would look over at her son and every five minutes she would say something slow down look he just put his brake lights on look at that car over there and the little boy came to the conclusion that grandma could never enjoy the ride because she never trusted the driver It's all about trust. It's all about trust. Ruth, you can trust Boaz in this. You know why you can sit still, Ruth? You know why you can wait through all of this? It's going to be probably one of the longest days of Ruth's life before she gets the news. But you can wait, Ruth. You can sit still, Ruth. You can remain calm, Ruth. Why? Because your Redeemer is at work. Trust Boaz. He said he will settle the matter. Now relax. And the challenge is the same for us. 
We've spoken time and time again about God being a sovereign God, a providential God, a God who is always at work. And sometimes we, we find ourselves in those situations where things are just out of our control. We just, we can't do anything more. We've tried everything. And now God just says, wait. Trust me to do the rest. So how do we wait for that phone call? How do we wait for that acceptance letter to arrive in the mail? How do we wait for the doctor's report or the invitation or the contract or the delivery? How do we wait for the surgery or the arrival or the decision? Well, we can wait and we can remain calm and we can sit still because God can be trusted to do the rest. We can curl up in the back seat of the car and we can certainly rely on God because God is really in the driver's seat. Father, we thank you this morning once again for the power, the power of your word. And Father, I know there are some here this morning who, Lord, find it awfully hard to wait for whatever they're waiting for. Waiting, Lord, is never easy. So I pray that you might give to us the ability to be able to trust you in whatever matter, whatever situation we might be going through. Lord, we know that you've, you are a God who can be trusted. You are a God who is in the driver's seat. You are providential and you're a sovereign God. And you're always at work. So help us, Lord, to be able to relax in the back seat and allow you to move us where we need to go. Father, we thank you for passages like these that Boy, they just seem to be right where we are. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Be still, my soul. Page 324. The Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. 324. Let's stand. We'll sing all three stanzas and we'll be dismissed. <coughs> Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change he faithful will remain be still my soul thy best thy heavenly friend through thorny ways leads to a joy <clears throat> be still my
my soul thy God doth undertake to guide the future as he has the past. Thy hope, confidence, let nothing shake. All now mysterious shall be bright at last. Be still, my soul, waves and winds shall know who ruled them while he dwelt below. Be still, my soul, the hour is hastening on when we shall be forever with the Lord. When disappointment, grief, and fear is gone, sorrow forget, love's purest restored. Be still, my soul, and tears are past. <coughs> We shall meet at last. Father, we thank you this morning for who you are. You are a great and almighty and awesome God. Father, I pray that you might come and deliver, rescue folks, Lord, from tribulation, trials, Father, we're thankful that you are a God who has promised to be there for us at every turn of the road. Give us the trust we need to be able to relax and be calm. Again, Father, we thank you that you are our great Redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 